Boom Blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, Raptors fans, Raptors fans. What a time to be alive. Wow. Raptors win big. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to the people tuning in right now as you've been rocking with us here on the Wrap It Up podcast all season long, right after each and every Toronto Raptor game on Twitter at Shell Alexander. We take your comments and questions there. Same thing goes for the people rocking with us on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram. Comments and questions there. We got the regulars there. Everyone's fired up. Everyone's just screaming, what a time to be alive, which has kind of become the moniker here on the podcast after big games. I mean, Drake's in the square going crazy. <laughs> like, the city is on a wave right now. I can't even imagine what Saturday is going to be like. But thank you guys for joining me here live on the podcast. And of course, as always, if you can't get to the podcast live on Instagram or on Twitter, it becomes a podcast you can find later on on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Just search on blast podcast and we got you covered there you can catch the show at your leisure after you go out and hit the streets of toronto tonight on a thursday night or maybe in the morning on your way to commute in the gym however you like it we got it for you and that was kind of the raptors moniker tonight however the bucks wanted it they got it tonight as the raptors win game five on the road 105 99 behind another monster performance by that dude, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, again, 35 points on 11 of 25 shooting, nine assists, seven rebounds, two steals. Kawhi hit five threes in this game. This guy is just a problem. He does it all, and, I mean, he has the 11th 30-point playoff performance for the Toronto Raptors. 11th 30-point game which is the most by a lot in Toronto Raptors franchise history. I think Lowry and DeRozan are second at five. Kawhi in one playoff has 11. This man has put the team on his back. He looked injured the last two games hobbling around and maybe, you know, taking it easy or getting a bit of a break in game three in the sense that, or sorry, in game four, in the sense that, you know, obviously he, the Raps were blowing, were blowing out the Bucks. He was able to get a bit of rest. He didn't have to play 40-plus minutes in that game. Then, you know, in the in-between, this is where you got to give credit to the Raps medical staff as well because Kawhi Leonard looked like he could barely walk after certain plays at the end of Game 4 and especially in Game 3 as well. And he came out in this game, and he looked, I'm not going to say normal, like normal Kawhi, but he didn't have the limp, the same limp that bothered him for the last two games. And that's an incredible turnaround that I'm not sure anyone was expecting. I mean, maybe the Raptors and the and Kawhi himself, the the you know confidence that they have in the medical staff to get him ready. But it was incredible to me. Like I was kind of stunned by you know the bounce that he had early on in this game. And 
you see the difference of the Toronto Raptors team when Kawhi Leonard is cooking at that pace. We kind of know if he's healthy, you can pencil him in for 30. But what you saw in this game was finally if consistently he trusts his teammates and the teammates are knocking down shots, other guys are putting in just wide open shots. You see how dangerous this team can be because Kawhi Leonard can then pick his spots. He can come and hit you with the kill shots. You know what I mean? He can, you know, that lead or the Raptors are down by five or they're down by three. He could come down and hit that three-pointer to tie or give them the lead. Or he can take that two-point lead and make it five. And that's what we saw in this game. When the Raps needed it the most, Kawhi Leonard dug deep and he just put the team on his back. And it wasn't even just the same Kawhi that we've seen where it's pass him the ball and everyone just stands around and watch. There were times of that, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, especially down the stretch, the Raptors' offense kept the ball moving. They would swing the ball from corner to corner, from side to side. Kawhi would then get the ball, and he was able to attack and get into the lane. And the key part that will go so unnoticed, and this is like a basketball nerd deep dive kind of thing, but the thing that Kawhi Leonard needs to get a lot more credit for is the fact that down the stretch, this is the difference between stars and superstars. Down the stretch, when your team needs points, Kawhi Leonard was either getting to his spot and getting a shot that he wanted off, or he was driving with purpose to the basket, so where he's either getting fouled for sure, or he's making a tough layup. But he was going to the basket to try to score, and most often than not, down the stretch, the refs have to call that. Like he's in the paint trying to score and get a layup, and most often than not, the refs called that. And there were key situations where the Raps were up by one. He was able to go to the line, push that lead to three. Or the Raps were up by three. He was able to get to the line and at least get one to make it a four-point lead. And that's the difference right now that you're seeing in this series. The Raptors have a guy who is a superstar, who is a closer, who can close out games and make plays not only for himself, but for other players, as we saw by that crazy drive and kick to Fred, who we'll get to in a moment, who knocked down a massive three late, even Mark Gasol hitting a massive three late. But those things are all coming off of Kawhi Leonard creating plays, getting into the lane, and now when you trust your teammates because they've shown you now that they're back, they're confident, they're able to take and make big-time shots, the game just looks kind of easy for the Raps, doesn't it? <laughs> like, it looks easy for their Raptors offense because we know this by now. Okay? If you watch this Raptors team for the whole year, you know they play defense, and you know that defense travels. So winning on the road wasn't really, like I can't say that it was a worry for me going into this series because the Toronto Raptors play defense, and defense travels. And you saw that late because as much as they were getting to the, as Kawhi was getting to the line or hitting big boy shots, at the other end, down the stretch late, the Raptors made hella stops. And you can knock Marc Gasol all you want. He made, you. I think he only hit one basket in this whole game. But the defensive effort that Gasol put up in that fourth quarter where the Raptors are making a run and Gasol is just, he's, he's the wall. He's standing there at the rim and you have to try to finish over him. And he had a block on Lopez. He stopped Giannis a couple times where Giannis just kind of ran into him and lost the ball. And you saw the difference there. The Raptors had the ability to make stops in the clutch, and then Kawhi closes. And you flip it around, and you look at the Bucks, and in this series where 
go back to the Sixers series. Say whatever you want about the Sixers, but they could give the ball to Jimmy Butler and you could kind of have a little bit of a mano a mano between him and Kawhi down the stretch. The Bucks really don't have that. Giannis is driving, but you know he's either driving recklessly to the basket, into help, and the way that the Raptors have set up this wall, all the help guys are there ready to catch those you know, those passes that Giannis tries to drive and then late make the twist around to try to find someone on the wing for three. The Raps defense is sitting there waiting for it. You saw Siakam come up with a steal off that. You saw Kawhi come up with a steal off that. And then boom, Raptors offense has gone the other way. This game was just showing you, and I'm, I'm going to say this, the championship mentality that this Toronto Raptors team has. Because when you go out on the road and you put up a performance like this, where you take the punch early on in this game from the Bucs, and they, the Bucs came out gunning, the crowd was hype, the Bucs were on a wave, they were running and gunning and feeling good. You got to remember, the Raps were down, what, 14 early in this game? And then you look at the end of first quarter, Raps are down 10. At halftime... Raptors are, are down three. End of third, Raptors are still down three. And then fourth quarter, boom. That's just the thing. And what I've been saying the whole series, even when it was game three, even going into game four, I kept saying, and I kept trying to tell people, if you pay attention to what's going on in this series, the Toronto Raptors have played better for more time in this series. The Raptors have played better than the Bucks for way more than the Bucks have played better than the Raptors. And that was starting to be the trend right around game three. You could see that percolating because the way that everyone looked at game one was still coming in with the, the glasses that you're wearing from the start of the series. And from the start of the series, there's all the talk about Vegas has the Bucks as big-time favorites. The Bucks were steamrolling teams early on in the playoffs, and the Raptors just struggled through a hard-fought Sixers series with Kawhi Leonard being the only Raptor scoring. And though with and then with those, you know, those shaded glasses, that's how everyone came into the series. So they misread the fact that the Raptors dominated game 1. They were in the lead the whole entire time in game 1, blew it late. Game 2, they struggled, but the thing that happened in game 2 was when the Bucks were up big, it forced the Raptors to go to their bench. And what you saw there was the same thing we talked about at the start of this series, the fact that Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, can play in this series because they can get their shot off, something they couldn't do in the prior series against the Sixers. The Sixers had way more size. The Sixers had a shorter bench in which they were playing more stars in terms of Jimmy Butler, in terms of Ben Simmons, and even the length of Ennis, those guys are going to bother Norman Powell and Fred Van Fleet. And you come into this series and everything is just different. And you can see that. Fred Van Fleet with confidence in this game. Norman Powell with confidence again in this game. And those guys just being confident changes everything. It changes everything. And what that does is now the rest of the defense has to sag off. They can't just try to, you know, hone in the whole time on Kawhi Leonard. They have to make some form of adjustment. They have to try to at least look at Norman Powell and those guys. And what I talked about at the end of last game, after the Game 4 podcast, we saw more of that in Game 5. Anytime the Raptors, and I'm talking Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell, Fred Van Fleet, Kawhi Leonard, anytime those guys saw Brooke Lopez, 
anytime they saw Miritich, who I said from last game, Miritich cannot play in this series anymore. Brooke Lopez is going to be marginalized in this series because as soon as those Raptor guards see those guys on a pick and roll, it's Cook City. It's Cook. They're going straight to the basket. And here's the thing. This is the math, and this is how regular season basketball and playoff basketball changes. Over the course of a full season, there's 82 games. So if you're okay at shooting threes, and then at the end of the year, it's like, oh, well, this guy shoots 38%. This guy shoots 40%. That's over the course of a full season of 82 games where you could be red hot for a week, and then you're ice cold, and then you're, you're somewhere in the middle. But now in the playoffs, when you're playing against the same team for two weeks, night in, night out, then add in the fact that you're a little bit tighter because everybody knows what you're going to do at this point. The defense has picked up another level. So now maybe some of those open threes that you might have been shooting during the season are now contested threes. And if you're Miritich, the Raptors know your only offense is your shooting threes. It's not like you're getting the ball, posting someone up. It's not like you're shooting it off the dribble. You're just there to knock down threes. So now the scouting report is there for you night in, night out. And the fact that you shot 40-whatever percent in the regular season doesn't mean as much now in the playoffs because what the Raptors are doing is with their guards, they're abusing that pick and roll. And you're either going to get a layup or a basket or fouled, meaning free throws, or the defense has to sag in and you're getting a wide open three. And that changes the math. Are you following what I'm saying? Am, am, I, am I explaining that correctly? You're changing the math because normally you're, you're, the other team's thinking, well, we shoot a lot of threes, so we'll win based off of all the threes that we hit. But if the defense has picked up a, a little level, well, now your percentages are going to come down. But also, if you have to work harder on defense now, well, now you're a little tired. You don't have the same legs your shooting percentages are going to come a little down. And now that math of you just out shooting the other team, it doesn't work as well in your favor. Because as soon as those three-point shots start missing a little bit, and now the other team, Norm, Fred, those guys are getting in the lane and getting layups, well, now you miss two threes, they hit two layups, that's four points to zero. And you see someone like Middle or sorry, Miritich in this game, he goes 0 for 4, 0 for 3 from 3, 9 minutes. I told you guys last game, Miritich can't play in this series because the Raptors are going to look at him and they're just going to cook him every single time. Brooke Lopez played a solid game. If you look up and you say Brooke Lopez, 16 points, 8 rebounds, 7 of 12, you're going to look at that and you're going to say, cool. But I think most of Brooke Lopez's damage came in the paint, like a traditional big man, or at least trying to match what the Raptors bigs were doing in terms of Serge and Marc Gasol, in terms of being paint bigs, meaning you're worried more about defense, you're worried more about rebounding and controlling the area of the paint. Brooke Lopez had a good solid game, but him going one of four from three, well, what does that do for you? Seriously. And you look at this team, the Milwaukee Bucks that we're afraid of their three-point shooting, and you're wondering about, okay, well, will the Raptors bench guys travel or will the Bucks bench guys feel better now that they're at home? Well, you look at the Bucks three-point shooters. Middleton goes 0 for 2. As I keep telling you guys, Middleton shook ones whenever he sees Kawhi. 2 of 9 in this game for Middleton overall. 6 points, 0 for 2 from 3. Lopez, 1 for 4 from 3. Bledsoe, 2 for 7 from 3. Brogdon put in the starting lineup tonight, 2 for 6 from 3. Miritich, as I told you, 0 for 3. George Hill is the only one. George Hill and Giannis 
Giannis was two for three. And if you're the Raptors and Giannis is two for three, you're, you're living with every single time Giannis shoots. You're living with it. The level of Giannis's game isn't there yet to where you have to guard him outside of the paint, for real. If he's, if he's shooting a jump shot, you live with that. If he's shooting a three, you live with that. But this is just where the Toronto Raptors are. The Raptors made their adjustments. They found out what works for them, and that is spreading the floor, playing your guards, and attacking the bigs of the Milwaukee Bucks. And now once you neutralize Mirtich, once you neutralize Ilyasova, and those guys can't play in this series, like I told you guys from last game, now the pressure is on Brogdon, Bledsoe, George Hill. Those guys have to play good now for Milwaukee. Because again, the strength of their team was their bench, was the fact that they had four or five guys that they could turn to, and three of them would have a great game, and that was the strength of their team. But now again, if you're the Raptors and you eliminate two of those guys in terms of Miritich and Ilyasova, you remove two of those guys out of the, that category from guys who can hurt you, well now Bledsoe has to play good. Brogdon has to play good. George Hill has to play good. And if you look at it, Bledsoe gives you 20 points on 6 of 14 shooting. That's, I mean, that's by far Bledsoe's best game of the series. And you still take an L. Bledsoe hurt them in this game, and he still had 20 points. Like, he played really well for them. That was a good Bledsoe game, and you take an L. Brogdon put in the starting lineup. Brogdon, he was productive, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, but he's 8 of 17 shooting for his 18 points. And anytime you get someone to shoot 17 field goal attempts to get 18 points in a game, you take that if you're the Raptors. That's a win for you. George Hill was pretty solid off the bench, can't lie. George Hill played well. But again, the numbers just don't add up. Because you got to remember, player for player, the Raptors are better than the Bucks. That's a part that people missed about this whole entire series. You can tell me all you want about the Bucks' depth, but let's be serious for a second. Even if you say Kawhi and Giannis is a wash, even if you say that, Marc Gasol would start on the Bucks. Pascal Siakam would start on the Bucks. Kyle Lowry would start on the Bucks. And so if you look at the other dudes, Danny Green, Norm Powell, Fred Van Fleet, sorry, Serge would also start on the Bucks. So now you look at the other guys on the Raptors at play, they're looking at the other dudes across from them. They're not shook of George Hill. They're not shook of Ilyasova. And that's what I was talking about from the start of this series, where I didn't really understand kind of the mismatch that people thought this was going in. And with all that said, it still comes down to the fact that it's the NBA playoffs, which is different from the regular season, because it comes down to a lot of times my best player versus your best player. And if you keep the game close, who can make the plays late? And we saw time and time again in this game that Kawhi Leonard was healthy enough that he made the big plays down the stretch. Would Kawhi have 15 points in the fourth quarter? That's how you close. That's how you close on the road. On the road in big-time games, you live and die with your best player. Your best player just puts you on the back and says, hey, let's go, I got you. Kawhi with 15 in the fourth quarter to carry the Raptors home. And then add in the fact that, again, in this game, Kawhi drives, Marcus Gasol hits a big-time three in this game. Kawhi drives again, 
he finds Fred Van Fleet for one of his big-time threes because Freddie hit a lot of big-time threes in this game. But another big play for Kawhi because he does everything. Even the shot that he misses, somehow he com- he's the one that comes up with the offensive rebound and then gets fouled and ends up going to the line for more free throws. He did it all for the Toronto Raptors. And what we're seeing right now is a superstar living up to the hype, living up to his rep, because I've been saying it all year. There's levels to this shit. So you could tell me that Giannis is the MVP. You could tell me that James Harden is the runner-up or the second MVP or whatever that means. You know, the runner-up to the MVP award. Whoever's going to win, it's Harden or Giannis. But what it really comes down to, playoffs is different. And people might like Kobe or they might hate Kobe, but Mamba mentality is a real thing. Killers kill. And when the Raptors were... I don't want to say they they felt like they were in trouble, but let's just say the game was kind of the game kind of could have went either way. Kawhi Leonard came down the court and first off drove, found Fred Van Fleet for a three to give the Raptors a lead in the fourth quarter. Sorry, let me start over. Let me let me start over from the start of the fourth quarter because I really think this is the beauty of Kawhi Leonard to isolate just how dominating this guy can be. So. From the fourth quarter, remember, the Raptors enter the fourth quarter down three points, okay? Kawhi Leonard gets a steal and a lay-in. Then hits another, just bangs in another jump shot on Middleton's head top, which Middleton is going to have nightmares of Kawhi Leonard. Like, Kawhi Leonard gave Middleton the business so badly in this series. Like, he gave him the full arsenal, mid-range game, three-pointers, blow-bys to the basket. Like, I feel bad for Middleton, the business that Kawhi's been giving him in this series. But he's just another one on the victim list with uh, Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons and I guess the whole Orlando Magic, or did Kawhi save some in the clip? Because he didn't have to empty the full clip against Orlando. But anyways, let's get back to this fourth quarter thing, right? So Kawhi putting in work. Then Kawhi drives, finds Fred Van Fleet for a three. Raptors lead by one. And then Kawhi Leonard, this game's going back and forth. It's a back and forth game. Kawhi Leonard has the ability to come back down the court and calmly just bang in back-to-back threes. And to me, that's where you kind of thought, oh, okay, he wants this. Like, he's going to take this game. At that point, after the back-to-back threes early in the fourth, Kawhi had 10 points early, gave the Raptors a lead at 85-81. to And then the next thing he did after that, after you're shooting the threes in rhythm, now they're going to overplay you at the three-point line. What's he do? He gets to the foul line. Gets the scoring, keeps putting points up on the board for the Toronto Raptors, but he gets to the line. Because now, you know, you got to remember, as you're out there at the three-point line shooting the threes, they're going to overplay you. It's a lot of work. Your legs are in that. Sometimes you need a little bit of a rest while you're on the court. What better time than to get free throws? Kawhi, he, he just... He totally just dominated this game. And then we talked about what happened with Marcus Gasol with the defense to offense. And the Raps had a 10-0 run in the middle of that fourth quarter. And that's basically where the game was won. It was Kawhi Leonard doing everything. He got the buckets early. And then after that, he adjusted. And he started finding his other teammates. Mentioned Gasol's three. Mentioned Freddie's three. Mentioned Kawhi getting to the free throw line. And most importantly, this end of the game looked way different than the end of the games that we saw in Philly. What I mean by that is what the Raptors are doing in a lot of those games in closing time against the Sixers 
it was just pass it to Kawhi off the inbound. He walks the ball up the floor, basically grinds down the whole clock, and he's going one on four. We saw that a couple of times here, but for the most part, for the most part, the Raptors still ran some offense. Now, the ball would end up in Kawhi's hand, but we still saw him run some offense where the ball would end up from one side to the next. Siakam would get a post up, pass it back out. The ball would get swung back around to Kawhi, and then he's initiating the offense, getting to the basket. And Milwaukee's trying. You can see their game plan is to try to force him left into the lane into help, and that's still not working. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to how to stop Kawhi Leonard. I'm not going to pretend to have the answers, but I will say this, as I've been urging you Raptor fans to do this for the whole season, enjoy this. Because you're watching a high-level athlete do it at the highest level possible. Enjoy it. I really mean that. This is incredible, what Kawhi Leonard is doing. He's putting on a show, and it's so funny when you think about some of the storylines this season, you know, people questioning, will he give his all for the Raptors? Will he really care? You know, people were worried about the load management. He was hurt the last two games. You could see him hobbling the last two games. The story came out, or Nick Nurse said pregame, that he knew Kawhi was, you know, dealing with a lot coming off the last game, and so he gave him the option to skip shoot-around this morning. And Kawhi said, no, I'm good. He still wanted to come and shoot around, wanted to get some work in. There were things he wanted to work on, and he wanted to be with his teammates. And then my guy comes out and puts up that performance. Enjoy this, Raptors fans. I mean it. When I keep saying what a time to be alive, I'm, I'm being serious. Enjoy this. Uh, but let's get to some comments. And there's something I got to mention, too, because we still have some T-shirts left. Here you see... Fun guy t-shirts, Kawhi proving tonight that he is that and more than a fun guy. He's a good guy as well. He's a superstar as well. But if you're interested in one of those teammates or t-shirts, pardon me, uh, I'll give one away after this game. We also got black ones that are supposed to come in tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. So hit me up and I'll give away one of the t-shirts to whoever has the best comment from tonight's podcast. Uh, just DM me after the show and we'll mail one out to you. Uh, again, huge shouts to Alex, who was our winner from the last game. Shouts to Alex, who I know is here on Instagram, as always, uh, joining our crew that we always have. Again, live on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Let's start on Twitter, though, and get to some comments there. Uh, 1992 Legend says, Pittsburgh PA in the house, and I've been a Raptor fan since 01. Well, shouts, we appreciate the, the love. We appreciate the We the North movement from all over, even from Pittsburgh, PA. So, hey, if you're enjoying this as much as we are, more power to you, my dude. Uh, Gordon on Instagram says, Raptors win in Milwaukee. Too bad, Charles. Uh, I think that's in reference to Charles Barkley, who, of course, guaranteed a win for Milwaukee because he was back in Milwaukee. <laughs> and if you've been paying attention to that storyline, Barkley... Every single game, depending on where the game has been played, that's who he's predicted is going to win the game or he's guaranteed to win the game. Uh, but yeah, the Raptors, this is crazy. Uh, Roscoe on Twitter says, can't believe they took DeMar for Kawhi. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, it's tough to keep bringing up DeMar because we've watched the playoff failures year after year after year. 
but I still think they maximized and got everything they possibly could out of Kyle Lowry, the Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan era. And, you know, it's bad that DeMar's always going to be linked to whatever happens this season with the Raptors and whatever happens with Kawhi Leonard. But it is also the best example of there's levels to this shit. Kawhi Leonard is just a problem. Kawhi Leonard is everything that Raptors fans wanted to see from their superstars the past few playoff runs when really you didn't really believe that the Raptors could beat the Cavs, right? Am I wrong there? And this kind of leads me into something else because I found it funny. There's a lot of things I've been talking about on the pod, a lot of conversations I've been having with different friends or whatever, and I'll say stuff about the Raptors and you could tell they're kind of like writing me off because they're like, oh no, you're a Raptors fan. So of course you think that. And it's like, Yes, I, I love the Raptors. I cheer for the Raptors. I, you know, there was a brief moment where I covered the Raptors for a bit for my job. Um, yeah, I've been a Raptors fan since the inception of the team, for sure. But this project here, and like my day job, like I work and cover the NBA. I've studied the NBA. I watch a lot of basketball. So like this and the opinions I might have about the game and this Raptors team, it's not about me being a fanboy of the team. It's me objectively giving my opinions after the game about what's going on. Our diehard wrap it up or ball on blast fans will know from last year. I was trying to tell everybody because remember last year, the bench mob was a story during the season and it was the best year in franchise history and the bench mob was rolling and people thought that the Raptors could beat the Cavs last year. And if there was a year to beat the Cavs, it would have been last year. But objectively, I kept telling everyone, the Raptors can't beat the Cavs because they don't believe that they can beat LeBron James. They couldn't get over that mental hurdle of beating LeBron James because the playoffs, it's about your superstars. And unless your superstars believe they can take down the other guy, you're not going to win. That's what I was saying last year. So it's not about me being a fanboy coming into this season and saying, hey, the Raptors can make the NBA Finals or me coming into the series saying Raptors in six. Like, I firmly believe what I'm saying from watching basketball. Yes, last year, I hoped that the Raptors would beat the Cavs. Yes, last year, LeBronto, as a Torontonian, hurt my feelings. <laughs> but objectively, I never really thought the Raptors could beat the Cavs. And that's what made this year so different and so special and why I've been making sure to enjoy this Kawhi Leonard moment. And to be honest, this series has been so enjoyable as well because you're seeing the other guys now really getting in the game as well. Fred Van Fleet just had a son a couple days ago and he's been balling ever since. But to see Freddie, to see Norm contribute, and I mean, to say what Fred Van Fleet did tonight as and just label it as contributing kind of seems like a disrespect because Freddie was massive for the Raptors in this game. And when the Bucks were making some runs, Freddie was hella confident. Seven of nine from three for Fred Van Fleet in this game. Seven three-pointers for Fred Van Fleet. That's crazy. Seven of nine from three, seven of 13 overall, 21 points from Fred Van Fleet. He was a plus 28 in this game. Plus 28. That's obviously the highest in the, in the game. But you got to think what's going on too. Danny Green and... People are, are like on Danny Green a lot, but you got to understand again, I'm going to remind you guys, it's about matchups. 
And having guards who are ball handlers who can drive are much more important in this series. It's a better matchup for the Raptors than the guard that Danny Green is. And that's not a knock on him. Again, it's just matchups. And that's what happens in the playoffs. Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, guys who can get theirs off the dribble, create their own off the dribble, it's just a better benefit. And the fact that they can create off the dribble also opens up their three-point shot because the defender on Danny Green knows he's a knockdown shooter, so they're always going to be running at him. But Fred and Norm have a bit of a handle to their game. That also helps them get their shot off in all situations because guys aren't going to run out as crazy at them because they know they can get in the lane and finish at the rim. It's just matchups. So, and again, Danny Green, I think, is playing good defense. He's giving you solid defense. So the fact that he goes 0 for 3 and he missed open layup, open threes, cool. He's struggling. I personally still have faith that Danny Green is going to hit a big three for the Raptors in these playoffs just because he's too good not to. He's too good of a shooter not to. And like I said about Gasol after game two, there's nobody that's more frustrated about Danny Green shooting than Danny Green. So that moment will come. But let's get back to Freddie because Fred and Norm did it again. Norman Powell, I know the stat line says two of seven, and Norm had eight points, four rebounds, one of four from three. But the fact that Norman Powell is a threat, the fact that the Bucks are now thinking about Norman Powell, maybe not as much as they're thinking about Drake, which is a story for another day, but the fact that you have at least have to think about Norman Powell, that's a thing. And Norm and Fred continue to be factors. And also, on top of that, they continue to give you minutes and allow you to go stretches where Kawhi Leonard doesn't have to be in the game. The fact that you're able to rest Kawhi Leonard for a very long chunk from the end, I want to say like the four-minute mark of the first quarter, and then he doesn't check back in until about the 10-minute mark in the second quarter, and the Raptors don't fall apart, that's massive. Because now, you can play him the whole fourth quarter. Kawhi finished with 40 minutes in this game, which is a lot. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that you were able to rest him in the first half, and he has a little more juice when he comes back in now, and he has a little more juice to close, that is massive. Because again, you need your closer to close. So the fact that the Raptors bench is able to do all these things it's incredible, and it's such a huge boost. And this is a team that most Raptors fans were used to seeing, no? And, man, now the Raptors are one game away from the NBA Finals. <laughs> I'm going to keep repeating that because it just sounds crazy, right? One game away from the NBA Finals. And I'll say this. The Raptors better win on Saturday at home. They better win. But I, I can... I struggle to see the Raptors losing two straight games to the Milwaukee Bucks. Some insane fuckery will have to go on for the Raptors to lose two straight games and not advance to the, to the NBA Finals. Now, again, that doesn't mean that I'm saying there's no chance the Bucks have, but that's a young team, man. That's a very young team. And if the Raptors come out and do what they're supposed to do off the start on Saturday night, you could see the Bucks packing it in a little early and just being done. Because we talked about they have not seen adversity. And the reason why I was very confident about the Toronto Raptors is because doing this podcast, it meant I like forcefully watched every single Raptor game this season. 
And one of the things I came away with from rot watching every single Raptor game this season is you saw that there's gears that the Toronto Raptors have. So with guys in and out of the lineup, with load management, with all these things, with Kawhi telling you that the regular season was just 82 practices, it made you pay attention and notice that he's not giving his full hundo P against the Knicks or the Bulls or even the Wizards, right? But when he saw Kevin Durant, when he saw the Spurs, okay, Kawhi, like big boy Kawhi showing up for that game. We know about Kyle Lowry and how Kyle Lowry likes to show up for the big games. But also the load management stuff helped the Raptors or showed that the Raptors can survive without Kawhi Leonard as well. Like we knew those Raptors were there because we saw those Raptors play so many times this season where there's no Kawhi and that's how we ended up with the glow up of Siakam. That's how we saw so many good games from Kyle Lowry this season, right? So you get into this position now and you know that the Raptors have different gears. You know that when they need to, when Golden State's in town, when the Spurs are in town, they have different gears. You know when they need a defensive stop to try to get back in a game where they kind of chilled for the whole first half against the Suns, they can get defensive stops and come back and win the game late. That's what you saw from this team. They had different gears. And the Bucks, when I made the comparison to Coach Bud's teams in Atlanta, those teams are really good. Giannis is a problem, but all that regular season success comes at a price because you're going full full tilt all year because you're trying to get to 60 wins because the Bucs hadn't been there before. Giannis hasn't been on a team like that before, and that's not their fault, but they're happy to be there. They're happy with the 60 wins. The Toronto Raptors didn't care about that the whole time. Kept telling you guys, the Bucs won two more games than the Raptors this season with Kawhi only playing 60 games. So what did the Bucs' reg- great regular season mean? If the Raptors, chilling during the regular season, lost two less games than the Bucs. There's gears. And so when I looked at these two teams heading into the playoffs, you know the Raptors, and especially Kawhi, has different gears that he can get to. He has another gear to get to. And the Bucs, I questioned, if they got punched in the face, did they have the extra gear to get to? that they could take the hit and then go up another level because that's what you need if you're really a championship team. And what we're seeing so far, it's not really there. And the real thing that should have worried you was after the Bucks lost game three, after they lose game three, and remember, the Raptors could have won that game if Siakam just hits free throws. But after you lose game three, you're a championship team, you don't get blown out in game four. It's not a thing that happens doesn't happen like that and cool even if you lose game four now you're coming back home for game five if you're that championship team if you're that real team you don't lose game five at home so we'll see this is the first real time the bucks are facing adversity in a real way i didn't buy the whole oh well they lost to boston in game one it's game one shit happens sometimes also too we know boston (laughs) Boston had their own internal issues that when shit hit the fan for them, there are a bunch of dudes that were ready to just, you know, check out on their own type of ego type shit. So we we knew Boston was ready to kind of fold up, and that's what happened. So the Bucks never really faced any adversity. Meanwhile, the Raptors, when they lost game one to, to the Magic, you got to remember, the Magic were a really good team. That was a 
good matchup for the Raptors in the first round because they had to really play. On some level. They won in five, but they had to really play. And then the obviously the Sixers, we know how real of a challenge that was. And that was more of the playoff, grinded-out style of series that I thought would be much harder. I said the Sixers series I thought would be harder than what the Bucks series would be just for that reason because it comes down to talent so many times in the playoffs. It really does. And how your talent is going to react when you get punched in the face. And we've seen it time in, time again from this Toronto Raptors team that they are just for real. They are. Since game one, I brought this up too a bunch of times and shouts to Devlin who brought this up at halftime. But after halftime, the Toronto Raptors, do I still have this stat here somewhere? Yeah, so after halftime, the Raptors had won at that point 12 of the 18 quarters in the series and had led in the series for over 60% of the time. So there are the stats. I was telling you the eye test. The eye test told me that the Raptors were playing better. They were playing better than the Bucks for way more of the series than the Bucks were playing better than the Raptors. That's what I was seeing, and that's what I was telling you guys from Game 3. In Game 4 and Game 5, the Raptors were just trending in the right direction. It seemed like their adjustments, they had figured things out. You know what the Bucks are going to try to do, and... You come up with your best counter for that, and that's what we're seeing from the Raps right now. I'm going to get to more comments because I want to hear from you guys and find out what you guys are saying. Matthew says, I hope they win game six, not trying to go to game seven. Uh, I think you and the entire We the North Nation, Matthew, agrees with you for sure. Uh, Roscoe says, Kawaiikal Jordan. Kawaiikal Jordan, did I pronounce that properly? Playoff Michael Jordan, of course. Uh, Rock D says, shout out from Calgary. Big ups to the West Coast. I was talking to my boy Coop, who lives in Van earlier today, kind of asking him like what the vibe is out there. If you know people are on board with the raps, what they're kind of saying out there. And he was telling me, yeah, he he was actually out in Victoria for I think he was saying Game Seven, and yeah, bar was packed, everyone in raps jerseys, and that's just amazing to hear. That's amazing to see. And watching Kawhi Leonard do this, like, how are you not entertained by that, right? I told the story on the last podcast of after the Raptors win on Sunday, my mom calling me. She was at like a church pilgrimage in Montreal, and I can just hear her church sisters yelling in the background, cheering after that Raptors double overtime win. Like, this is incredible. This is stuff that, you know, there's kids right now watching this that this is going to be their moment. Like, I'll always remember the Joe Carter home run, the Alomar home run against the Athletics. Like, that's my childhood. There's kids right now watching this. There's Raptors fans that are my age or younger that have seen it all, that have cheered for the Bargianis and the Joey Grahams and all that, and have now you're watching Kawhi do this? Man, what a time to be alive. Uh, let me get to some more comments here because there's a lot. There's a lot of comments here, so I want to get to them. Someone says the Bucks were just, the Bucks were just more fresh in the wraps in the first two games. I thought right away, I kind of agree with that comment. Right away, I did say I thought that in game one, the Raptors just ran out of gas. All their starters were all around 40 minutes, which was the same trend as the Sixers series. Because, And I get it. You didn't really trust what you were getting from the bench. And now you look at this game here. Norm gives you 24 minutes off the bench. Serge gives you 20 minutes off the bench. Van Fleet gives you 37 off the bench. But more importantly... 
Kyle plays 40, or Kyle plays 39, Kawhi plays 40, Siakam plays 36, but Gasol plays 29 minutes. Danny Green plays 16, but the Gasol 29 minutes is key because when he came back in in the fourth quarter, he has full energy to clog up the lane, to help on defense. You saw him help in SWAT Lopez once, but extending your bench minutes just gives you more time to rest your big boys. And that's what you're seeing from the Raptors. That's the benefit. And this series, too, is played at a much faster pace than the Sixer series was. The Sixer series was a lot more half-court. It was a lot more iso ball, player one-on-one style ball, whereas this series is a lot more up and down. So you needed to play more guys in this series. What's the thing I say all the time, kids? Not all minutes are created equally, right? So 40 minutes in this series isn't the same as 40 minutes in the last series. So Gasol playing defense, contesting, helping on every single possession, trying to get to Giannis and then getting back to the three-point line to contest threes is different than the defense that he was playing against the Sixers, where for the most part, you're guarding Embiid in the paint. Right? It's just different. Not all minutes are created equally. But hey, either way, shouts to the Raptors. Again, big win to take... Game five, 105 to 99. Raptors now lead three to two in the Eastern Conference Finals as they are one win away from the NBA Finals. Kawhi Leonard, the high score with 35 points on 11 of 25 shooting. But I'm most impressed with his nine assists in this game. Seven rebounds. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, solid game off the bench. He hit seven threes for the Raptors, 21 points overall. Shouts to Kyle Lowry as well. Kyle Lowry's been doing a really good job the last few games of getting to the free throw line. He shot 10 free throws in the last game, attempted eight more in this game, and his free throws just make Kyle Lowry aggressive. And when Kyle Lowry is aggressive, that's the best Kyle Lowry. And don't get all caught up, because what happens sometimes is people get too caught up in shooting percentages when really it's just style of play. And Kyle Lowry being aggressive is what the Raptors need. So 17 points, six assists, seven rebounds. You take that from Kyle Lowry any day of the week. Let me get to Instagram, though, because I know always got a bunch of comments on Instagram. We got our regulars there. Let me read some. Uh, Legend1992 says, let's go, Sheldon, all caps. Uh, Diaz says, Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's That's harsh. I mean, I don't know if Giannis is choking, I just don't know if he's ready yet. Remember, there's levels, right? LeBron needed a few playoff losses. He didn't LeBron didn't just get to the finals, right? LeBron needed a few lumps, take some few take a few lumps in the playoffs before he got there, right? Uh more comments here. Matt says, "What's going on? Big big win, feeling great." Pretty much sums up the whole Raps fan base right now for sure. Uh Damik says, "Pressure's on the Bucks now." With a smiling emoji. I guess that's a sarcasm. <laughs> uh, K's 2 Garnett says, Raps in six, in the six. That would be great. That would be great. Again, I really think it's important for the Raptors to get game six in Toronto, for sure. That's probably the understatement of the year, right? Uh, Mr. Mr. Cheek? Sorry, pronounce my problem. My bad if I'm mispronouncing that. But he says, Kawhi is a monster. So true. Uh, Glow Girl Smile says, experience took over, feeling elated. 
another what a time to be alive. <laughs> Diaz says, Sheldon, quote, I'm not worried, Alexander. Hey, guys, just saying. Just saying. It's a playoffs. I try to give my objective views. It's not about me being a Raptors homer. Just trying to give my objective views. And they always say the series doesn't start until a road team wins. And the Toronto Raptors have just won on the road. So, hey, let's go. I know people were worried after the Raptors lost game one or they let game one slip, but I wasn't really too worried about whether or not the Raptors could win another game in Milwaukee. The Raptors played well on the road the whole year. The Raptors are not shook. They got vets and they got Kawhi, <laughs> most importantly. More comments. Uh, James says, Fred Van Goat. <laughs> the way Freddie was balling, man. Seven threes Fred Van Fleet hit. Seven. You got seven threes from Fred, five threes from Kawhi. That's incredible. Diversified Youth says, one win away, shout out to the doubters. And there are a lot of them. I mean, some of the doubters are even Raptors fans, right? We got to remember that too. A lot of people jumped off the bandwagon early. Another comment just simply says, thank you, Masai. <laughs> yes. Uh, Emma can't believe it. She just says, oh my God. In all long, a lot of A's in there. A lot of A's in there. Uh, Steady Freddy is back. He was key with his timely threes. Totally agree. Another comment here. Weathered the storm and shut them down in the fourth. Raps are legit. Can't disagree with that for sure. Uh, Matt says, what a time. One win away. More comments here. Let's see. Oh, my guy Matt Lowe says, make sure that my influencer light is on point. <laughs> I think I'm looking okay, you know, think I'm okay. Uh, sometimes the all black hoodies throws it off a little, but I think I'm doing okay. Thanks for the reminder though, Mr. Lowe. <laughs> Another comment says, Buck should have been working on a better game plan than Drake. Totally agree with that. There's so much talk about Drake the past two days, and I was getting annoyed by it for multiple reasons because... I book what goes on with the American media. The American media doesn't really watch the Raptors, right? They've watched them during the playoffs, but they still don't really believe in the Raptors. And so when they see Norm Powell have a good game, they're like, oh, cool, that Norm Powell guy had a good game. Fred Van Fleet, oh, cool, yeah, yeah, they're playing a bit better. But those guys are just playing better at home. They might remember Surge from the OKC days, but really, other than Kawhi, they're looking at the Raps being like, well, Siakam's brand new. Gasol might be washed, and Kyle Lowry's a playoff choker. Those are all the cliches you hear about the Toronto Raptors. I mean, you hear that here in our Canadian media, but more so as well within the American media. I mean, watching TNT the other night, Shaq admitted on the air that he didn't even know Fred Van Fleet's name. He didn't even know who Norman Powell was. He didn't know their names. And he's saying, ah, you got to put in a lot more work for me to know their names. So I thought the Drake talk was all about the fact <coughs> I thought a lot of the Drake talk was all about the fact that for the most part the American media doesn't know much about the Raptors other than Kawhi's getting busy and they need help but they don't really know much more than that and so that's what drove this narrative of Drake and hey I get it I love Drake I love what he's done for the city I love how much he reps for the city I think it's amazing that he's cheering on the sidelines because I think 
most people put in his position at his age, having like coming from where he comes from in terms of the city, Toronto, and being a young kid growing up, dreaming of being a star in the city and, you know, being a basketball fan growing up and all that, you getting that chance to be courtside like that, you'd probably do that too. You'd probably be feeling yourself if you design the team's jerseys and all that fun stuff. So I'm, I get it on an angle, but the fact that it turned into a whole storyline where Bud, Coach Budden is being asked about it multiple times and Coach Bud is having to answer like full-on questions about Drake and Giannis's um Giannis's uh agent is also commenting about Drake like that's so ridiculous and I expected that from the American media but then Canadian media we just follow what Americans do for the most part and like oh this must be a thing no talk about the fact that our team is two wins away from the NBA finals now it's one win away and with that said shouts to Drake for showing up in Jurassic Park and watching the game in Jurassic Park that's pretty cool I will also mention, though, shout out to the daughter. I think her name's like Mallory Edens, if I'm not mistaken. The daughter of the Bucks owner, who she showed up to the game and was sitting courtside beside Aaron Rodgers. And she's wearing a Pusha T-shirt. Solid troll game there. I'll give her credit for that. Solid troll game. Uh, Instagram, the feed is about to go down. But if you want to continue this podcast, go over to the Twitter feed at Sheldon, or sorry, Twitter feed is at Shell Alexander. We'll be going for a little bit longer there on Twitter because you guys have a lot to say. Uh, <laughs> this comment here, the curse of Gucci is real from Diversified Youth. Uh, K2's Garnett says, one win away from the finals in a real life. LOL. That's incredible. Um, totally appreciate all the comments here on Instagram. Uh, Len says, the Bucks looked rattled in crunch time. And the experience of the Raptors showed. Totally agree with that. Uh, Instagram, K2's Garnett. If you want a t-shirt, hit me up. I'm choosing you as a winner of the t-shirt. Uh, hit me up on in the DMs after this. I'll get your uh, address, and I'll get what size you want of the shirt, and we'll mail that out to you, okay? K2's Garnett, you win the t-shirt. Shout to you guys and all the other regulars from Instagram that are now gone. But... Shout to you guys. Let's now go to Twitter and take some more comments here before we wrap up. Uh, Fazil says, Giannis might be hurt too after stepping on Kawhi's foot. I did find that weird. Giannis checked out late and they never really brought him, like they brought him back after, but it was just a weird time to check him out of the game. It was just really odd. And I mean, if Giannis is hobbled, then the, the Bucks are in big, 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 big time trouble, right? Uh, Logan says we had two or three huge stops on Giannis late that sealed it. Defense wins, right? Defense wins. We know that. Uh, let's say Gordon says, let's wrap it up at home. Oh yeah. Uh, when you mention wrap it up, of course, I'm going to like that comment <laughs> as this is the wrap it up podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in on a massive win. Like that to me is a character Huge character win by the Toronto Raptors to go into Milwaukee and win game five and not even just win game five, but the way that they won game five because they were down early and they kept pushing and kept coming back and they handled all the early runs that Milwaukee had. They took all the punches and the Raptors just continued to fight. 
Kawhi did what he could to keep them in the game. Fred Van Fleet hit massive threes when the Raps needed it. And I tweeted this out early. The Raptors are only down five despite shooting 27% and missing wide open looks. At halftime, I said, the Raps have no business being in this game. They haven't shot the ball well. They're 35% from the floor, and yet they're only down three. I tweeted it at halftime. If I'm the Bucks, I'm a little bit rattled about that because they should be up a lot more if the Raptors are only shooting 35%. But with because the game plan for a lot of the playoffs, trust the fact that you can just keep it close and trust that your best player is better than their best player. And here we are. Kawhi Leonard does it again as he leads the Toronto Raptors to another victory, a Game 5 victory in Milwaukee. And maybe now people will start taking the Raptors for real and believing in Raps in 6, right? Raps in 6. Remember who told you first. Remember who told you guys, don't be so quick to jump off the bandwagon. I'm going to keep reminding you Raptor fans, remember the moment that y'all jumped off the bandwagon and where we are now. Because it's 3-2 Raptors, you're coming home for game six. You gotta win game six. The crowd has to be rocking in game six in Toronto with a chance to go to the NBA Finals on the line. I'm gonna say that again, just so that we understand what's going on. The Raptors have a chance to advance to the NBA Finals at home on Saturday. What a time to be alive indeed. Huge shout to you guys for tuning in on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Thanks, you guys. Really appreciate you guys rocking with me throughout the whole year. This has been so much fun. The fact of getting to talk to you guys and interact with you guys after each and every Raptor game has been so much fun. And the fact that, you know, we talked about how this year could play out. I said, I think I started the very first podcast by saying, enjoy this because this could be the best season in raptors franchise history this would be the best team in raptors franchise history we would be watching the best player in raptors franchise history pretty sure that's how that's what was said after the very first wrap it up podcast this year now here we are one win away from the nba finals i'm going to tell you guys this has been so much more enjoyable for me as a fan of basketball, as a fan of the city of Toronto, the city that I love and grew up in, it's been so much more fun to be able to enjoy this ride with you guys, other fans of basketball and the Toronto Raptors. This has been an incredible ride, and I'm so excited for Saturday. I'm so excited to hopefully continue this run for another couple weeks. What a time to be alive. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to the people live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Follow up, like, share, all that fun stuff. Hit me up if you want t-shirts. More t-shirts should be coming in shortly. Uh, we, we'll have black ones. The white ones are pretty much all sold out. I have like limited sizes left. Um, but also like and subscribe there on Twitter. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Like and subscribe there. Follow there. And of course, if you miss anything, know that. You can like and subscribe and support the movement, support the podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, and on YouTube. Just search On Blast Podcast. Like, subscribe, tell your friends because, hey, this Raptors movement is crazy. Everybody's on the wave right now, and they should be. One win away from the NBA Finals in real life. This is incredible. I really did. Used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. 
This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, Saturday. We're trying to go to the NBA Finals, people. Till then, see ya. Boom, blast.